This afternoon, as we open God's Word, we'll be reading together from Matthew chapter 6, the verses 5 to 13, and we'll be focusing especially on verse 9. This is in connection with the first petition of the Lord's Prayer, the first request that we bring before God as we come before Him in the prayer that Jesus Christ, our Lord, taught us. Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 to 13. When you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, Pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they'll be heard for their many words. Therefore do not be like them, for your Father knows the things that you have need of before you ask Him. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our focus will be the second half of verse 9 today. Hallowed be your name. We'll be looking at this as well as we open our catechisms today, Lord's Day 47, and you'll be able to find that if you have a book of praise with you, you'll be able to find that on page 561 of your book of praise. What is the first petition? Hallowed be your name. That is, grant us first of all that we may rightly know you and sanctify, glorify, and praise you in all your works in which shine forth your almighty power, wisdom, goodness, righteousness, mercy, and truth. Grant us also that we may so direct our whole life, our thoughts, words, and actions, that your name is not blasphemed because of us, but always honored and praised. So far. Congregation loved by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, We live in a world that doesn't care much about holiness. This world sees a call to holiness as something that's too judging, as something that's abnormal, as something that can even be made fun of. Maybe if you're in high school or in the workplace, talking with some younger people. Some of you young men or women may have had 
the question launched at you, wait, you're a virgin? There's also people who stand in awe at positions on homosexuality or transgenderism or someone's view on pornography, someone's desire to maintain holiness when it comes to what your eyes see as well. And it's seen as something to be ridiculed. Tolerance is what people desire. Just let people do what they want to do and leave them alone. After all, that's what Jesus Christ did, right? He didn't judge anybody. But we see here in our passage today that that's not what Jesus Christ did at all. He is not a reflection of our modern-day 21st century culture. But rather, our Lord Jesus Christ calls us to value holiness, to treasure holiness, not to be embarrassed when people challenge us in the public square, but to see it as something that we ask God for, that we value so much that it's something that we ask God for, and to see it as the gift that he gives. This is what he calls us to in the first petition. A petition, for you boys and girls who might be wondering, a petition is something that you ask of someone who is special, someone who is important, like a king. And in this case, it's us coming to the king of heaven saying, Father, may your name be hallowed. May your name be holy. May your name be greatly respected. It's a beautiful place for us to start the Lord's Prayer. In the first place, it reminds us of why we are here. This is why we were put on earth to glorify God, to enjoy Him forever, to, to have Him as our highest treasure and our highest joy. And because He is our highest treasure, we want others to treat Him in that way too. We want His name to be hallowed everywhere. What more beautiful thing could we ask for than that the God of the universe would choose then to hallow His name through us? to answer the prayer that our Lord Jesus Christ teaches us to pray, to value and treasure that holiness that his name might be hallowed through you and me. And the beautiful thing is that as he teaches us to ask our Lord and Savior, he has also taught us, ask and you will receive. So today we'll look at that through this simple question, through this simple petition, our Father will give us what we need to hallow His name. And we'll see, first of all, the mindset with which we should approach this petition. Secondly, what we are asking for in this petition. And third, how our Father will answer this petition. As we saw a second ago, you boys and girls, the, a, a petition is something that you ask of someone who is special, someone who is important. 
Now, there are two things that we should keep in mind when we approach this petition, when we come to God and, and ask Him this question. The first thing that we should notice is what our catechism points out in the question itself, that this is a petition. This is coming to God and asking Him a question. And so not to treat it like a command. And the second is that this is a petition. And so we should ask as those who expect an answer. So in the first place, this is a petition. You are asking God for something. This is not a command that God tells us to follow. We can sometimes think that a petition like, hallowed be your name, does feel like a command. Yet we need to be careful to see it as the Lord Jesus means us to see it. Hallowed be your name is not the command itself, but rather, hallowed be your name is a cry to God, a cry for relief, for direction. It's a cry of hope and a cry asking for growth. It's a cry that's done by the one who wants to grow in holiness, saying to God, may your name be holy and greatly respected in this world, also through me. There are many places in Scripture where God commands you to be holy. Think of Romans 12, verse 1, for example. I beseech you, therefore, brothers, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. This is your reasonable service. But such a command to be holy is not the way that we approach this petition. We are told not to be holy here, but we are told where to find holiness. We are told where to go when we want to grow in holiness. This is such a comfort then, isn't it? That it is a petition. That it is us asking God. Because you and I, we know that there is a war going on as we see later in the Heidelberg Catechism at the very end, the devil, the world, and our own flesh don't stop attacking us. Everything that we see in this world with regards to how we view our sexuality, how we are to view money, how we are to view parenting, how we are to view the way that we approach people in this world, the devil tells us, it's too hard. You can't do it. Give in. The world tells us, just be comfortable doing your own thing and let everybody else do their own thing. And our own flesh tells us, you're too weak. You can't stand. But the beautiful thing is that when Jesus gives us this petition, he says, your father knows all of this. Your father knows that the devil 
the world and your own flesh are coming after you like this. Have you sinned? Have you fallen short again? Have you failed? He knows. And he teaches you to come to him and to ask, to ask to make his name holy through us. Do you want to grow in holiness? This petition teaches us. Through this petition, Jesus teaches us. Go to your Father, to the one who is holy. Go to him through the one who makes you holy. And realize that he is standing right there to give you what you need. And is teaching you to come to him and to ask him for it. If you come to him as your father, as the Lord Jesus teaches. Which is to say, expecting. Come to him expecting that he is both able and willing to let you grow in holiness and to lead you to grow in holiness. So that's the first thing that we should keep in mind as we approach this petition, that this is a petition. This is a request from God. The second thing that we need to remember when we come to all of the petitions in the Lord's Prayer, but also this one, is to genuinely treat it like a petition like a request, to be genuine and sincere as you come to God. We are God's ambassadors in this world. If we ask God to make his name to be greatly respected in this earth, and we ourselves carry that name having been marked with it through baptism, through what we say and do, then we ought to recognize what we are asking for. That we are actually asking him also to work through us when we ask his name to be hallowed. So what does that mean for us? Don't just ask, hallowed be your name. But as you come, come genuinely and sincerely. Think about how you expect this prayer to be answered in your life right now. Ask your Father for what you need with the intention of actually using what He gives you. This is what we are taught when we are taught to come to God and ask Him. When we have parts of our lives that we see that need to be changed if God's name is to be more greatly exalted in our lives. We should recognize that. And we should desire to use the strength that he will give us in answer to our prayer. Because he will answer us. Look at it from this point of view, maybe. Imagine for a moment that a friend asks you for money to meet his grocery budget or else he and his family will fall short. 
And you decide not only to give him enough to meet his grocery expenses, but also to pay his rent, to pay his family's bills for the dentist, to cover all of his other expenses for the rest of the month. And then a few days later, you learn that your friend took all of that money, he put it in a jar, and then he put it on a shelf in his kitchen cupboard. And then he kept on talking to all kinds of other people about how he's still in a hard and bad situation. You might be wondering in that kind of a situation, right? Why ask me for help if you're not going to use it? Sure, the need was genuine. But why did that person ask you if they're not going to use it? It becomes, as Jesus Christ said earlier in, the, in, in Matthew chapter 6 here, like people who are standing on the synagogues and standing on the street corners saying things so that other people can see that they have said them, so that they can check off the boxes. And he says they've, they've already received their reward. Their reward was what they wanted for other people to see them and honor it for that for what they did. It becomes empty words like the pagans if we come without speaking genuinely and sincerely. So as we hear Jesus Christ teach us to ask God for this, we need to remember that we are to ask genuinely and sincerely. Think about how you expect this prayer to be answered in your life. So if we ask God's name to be hallowed, we should come with a mindset shaped by those two things. First, that this is a petition, not a command. That Jesus shows us where to go in order to grow in holiness as God's children ought to. And so we don't come to him in the sense of seeing him as a judge, expecting condemnation for falling short of holiness when we come in prayer. But we come to him because we know that we do fall short in holiness. And we come to him as our Father who will fill us with every blessing needed in order to pursue that holiness. And in the second place, that we must be genuine and sincere we must expect our Father to answer our prayer and to give us what we need. And so we ask with the intention of actually using what He gives us in the pursuit of holiness, in the pursuit of making His name respected and honored and great in this world. And this brings us to the second thing that we are to consider, what we're asking for. So what are we asking God for then? What do we need to sincerely and genuinely pray for? Our Lord teaches us, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. It seems pretty straightforward. We are to pray that our Father's name is to be respected and honored in this world. Through our lives, but also through our words. We need to show that any work in our lives is the work of God. And we need to be willing to acknowledge this as well with family, with friends, with brothers and sisters in Christ, and with our neighbors.
if you think about different ways in life in which people's names are hallowed, in which people's names are respected, you can probably think of a couple of examples in which people's names are lifted up in the eyes of the community. It's because we speak of their achievements. We speak of where they have excelled. If you think of sports, a famous hockey player becomes honored like that when they work hard and rise up through the minor leagues, but it's not just what they have done, it's also what their coach or a recruiter says about them. It's what their teammates say about them. This person's really talented. It's the fact that other people shared the information of what they have done, that they are honored and respected for their skill and eventually make their way up to the NHL. Or maybe a real estate agent or other line of work similar to that. Yes, a lot of them get their clients through advertisements, but the very best of them get recommended by word of mouth. Satisfied customers pass on to those that they know are also looking for a home and how much this agent has done for them. Or a small business owner, same idea. The word of mouth honors them. They are honored when people speak about what they have done. People tell of a need for a construction company or a landscaping company, and others say of them, oh, I can help, I've got a great guy for that. And by word of mouth, their reputation grows. They are honored in their community for what they do. God has chosen to work much in the same way in order to hallow his name, in order for his name to be honored in this world. He has chosen to do it through other people speaking about what he has done, who he is. You have a need? I know somebody. Our Lord Jesus Christ already made that clear himself. When he prayed his high priestly prayer in John 17, he said, this was my purpose, to make you known. And I've done this. And as he leaves, he wants his disciples to carry on with this. Go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. To make his name great, to spread it throughout the whole world. Yes, God does make his name known in other ways. He makes his name known in creation. If we look at Psalm 19, for example, creation does declare the glory of God. Day unto day utters speech, night unto night reveals knowledge. There's no speech or language in which their voice is not heard. But we also know that he chooses to do this through us. His name to be proclaimed through us to the world. And while we don't add to his glory, we, by our lives, as we speak to others about what he has done for us, we make him appear greater and more glorious in the eyes of others. So when we say, hallowed be your name, we're not just saying, we hope it's hallowed out there. It's also a deeply intimate and personal request. It's saying, Father, I know that your name is also hallowed through people. Now make your name known through me as well. Make your name and reputation be known 
in my life, Lord, be glorified today. So what are we to ask for? To pray that God's name is respected and honored in this world. Also, through us. And we look at the third place, how our Father will answer this petition. Having seen that we need to ask our Father for the power to hallow His name, how we need to ask sincerely, genuinely wanting His name to be made great, how we offer ourselves up as living sacrifices to glorify His name when we use this petition, we last of all need to be prepared for Him to answer this petition. We need to have our eyes open. We need to look around in the world and look around at our own lives as well. Because our Father does answer prayer. And we need to have our eyes open for this when He does or run the risk of taking it for granted. This goes for all prayers, all requests and prayers, but also for this one. First, our catechism points out, we come to rightly know our Father. If we want to praise the name of our Father and talk about who He is and what He has done for us, we need to know who He is for ourselves, who He is as Father. This is why our catechism begins by telling us that we must rightly come to know Him. And we're not just talking about a general knowing of someone's name. You can have that, right? You, you know someone by name or vague reputation. You, you know Prime Minister Justin Trudeau in this way. You, many of you may know uh, the theologian Abraham Kuyper in this way. But as our Father answers this sincere prayer of faith, He will more and more begin to let us know Him as the Lord Jesus knows Him. Jesus, who spent quiet moments away from the crowds, speaking to his beloved Father in prayer. Jesus, who had quiet confidence that his Father's house would be wide open for all who came to him. Luke 14, verse 2, through him. Jesus, who was himself comforted by his Father in his hour of distress, comforted by an angel who is sent by his father in the garden of Gethsemane, Luke 22, verse 43. Jesus who went to his father's house to prepare a place for us. Jesus knew his father closely and intimately. He wanted to know more about his father. And he spent time speaking with his father. He spent time in the temple as a young child, hearing people speak about his father and asking them questions. He dearly loved his father when on earth. And he wanted his disciples, he wanted all who followed after him to dearly love his father as well. Again, in his high priestly prayer, that was his purpose to make his Father known to us in this way. This was why he taught them to pray, addressing him as Father. 
as we learn more about him in his word and as we pray to him sincerely and genuinely, pray to him as our father, sincerely and genuinely, we will see this growth in love and in intimacy. We will see this growth of coming to know him. This is the first part of coming to make our Father's name respected and hallowed in, his, in this world. As we grow to know him like this, we will speak with reverence of his holiness and his righteousness. And we will speak with reverence and awe of the fact that he would take us to be his children and to teach us by his Son to call him Father. We come to know him and to have a relationship with him as our perfect father. Yes, we come to know him more and more. And second, we sanctify, glorify, and praise him in all his works. What does that mean? It means that we set him apart above all else. We honor him and we talk about our, our respect for him and about his amazing worth above all. This is something that becomes part of our regular day-to-day -day language. I don't know if you've been outside recently with the beautiful sunshine and walking with somebody who was just looking around at the world and said, man, isn't it amazing what God has done? Just to stand in awe of his created world. Or isn't it amazing what God does for us after you finish reading and devotions? We stand in awe and we glorify and praise him in all his works. We, of course, can't come to know him or his works if we don't spend time in the word. But as we open his word, genuinely and sincerely, praying that his name might be hallowed, even as we read his word, he begins to open our eyes. And he gives us reason to respect him. He gives us reason to stand in awe. There is no shortage of that. He gives us reason to talk about him in awe as he shows these works in which shine forth throughout his word, as our catechism says, in which shine forth his almighty power, his wisdom, his righteousness, his goodness, his mercy, and his truth. There's no shortage of reasons. And third, he answers it by changing our lives. We begin to direct our whole life, our thoughts, Words and actions. If you come genuinely and sincerely asking God to change your life, loved ones, expect Him to answer. If you sincerely ask Him to make Himself great in your life, He will do so. Maybe not through turning you into the next Billy Graham. We all have our own skills. And our own skills lie in different places. But He will do so wherever your skills lie. He'll do so by showing people that he is big in your life. People can see through your thoughts, your words, and your actions. Do you see yourself falling short in this regard? He is there to answer. He teaches you to ask. And he promises you to fill your life. This is something that can be true for everyone in every stage of life. From you, boys and girls, 
to the oldest of all of us, to the wisest of all of us. He continues to answer his prayer and have his name made great. He begins to, continues to show people that he is big in every area of our lives by his grace. Some people have this picture that God's name is only hallowed through the best people in the church, maybe through only the holiest people. They are the ones that God and the church should put on display, but not me. I'm just imperfect. I'm every day and ordinary. But he makes his name holy to all of you. Do you love him? Do you want him to answer this petition in your life? As we pray, so our Father answers. As we love him genuinely and sincerely, asking his name to be hallowed, made great in our lives, he will do so. And others will be able to see more and more how your life is shaped by him and how your life revolves around him. And they will be able to say more and more, this is a person whose God is the Lord. Our whole life, our thoughts, words, and actions begin to reflect that our God is the Lord. Our God is our Father. And his name is not blasphemed because of us, but honored and praised. This isn't a bar to measure up to. This is a gift. A gift that he gives to those who ask him. You feel you don't measure up? Good. Because if you did, you wouldn't need God. You wouldn't need to ask him for this. But he gives this petition to you and to me as a gift. As our catechism describes in Lord's Day 44, while praying to God for the grace of the Holy Spirit, we may never stop striving to be renewed more and more after God's image until after this life we reach the goal of perfection. We pray because we don't have. We pray because we need. We pray because he is the one who gives freely and willingly. We pray because he will work in us. So as we come to this petition, don't approach our petition, hallowed be your name, as a burden, as something to be afraid of. Don't be sad, but be thankful that he gives you this petition. The Lord Jesus gives this petition to you because you aren't perfectly holy, perfectly wise, and everything that he has designed you to be yet. He will bring you there after this life. Come to this petition happy that Jesus knows our need and that he gives us the way in which we can fill that need to make his name great. Amen.